It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time. Because he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. What's going on? Hey, welcome to the show. It is November 20th. Thanks so much for listening. I appreciate it. The show is made possible by patrons of the program like Grant, Ashley, Sarah and Barry, Patrick, Shan, Joseph, Dan, Brian, John, Robbie, and Janet. Thanks so much for the support. I couldn't do the show without you guys. Also, today's show is presented by Mattress Man. When I first launched the podcast, Chuck, who is the owner of Mattress Man Stores, immediately reached out and said, hey, I want to support the show. Tell me what uh, Tell me what you need. To, uh, how do we get this going? And uh, he said something in that phone call with me that I'll never forget. He said, uh, we have to support our neighbors. That is his guiding philosophy. That's what he does. It's how he runs his business. He hires veterans for that very reason. He also donates mattresses to local uh, shelters. This is his philosophy of life and business. So why wouldn't you want to support a guy like that? Also, they happen to have fantastic mattresses. Um, They've got deals going on right now for their Black Friday promotions. Uh, Obviously, the triple zero financing continues. So triple zero means zero money down, zero APR for 24 months, zero payments for 90 days. Uh, Also, you can pick up a free box spring if you buy a Biltmore mattress. And they've also got free adjustable bases with the purchase of select mattresses as well, including the wireless remote, so you can raise your head, raise your feet uh, as you need to. They're also doing the bed-in-a-box deal, queen-size gel hybrid mattresses, just $2.99. So uh, go check them out online at mattressmanstores.com or go to any of their four stores in Asheville, Arden, and Hendersonville. You can go to all four if you'd like. Uh, That's fine, too. Just go to every single one of them. You don't have to, but I'm just, you know, just spitballing here. Just some ideas. They have five-star local delivery service. They ship nationwide, and they have a 120-day comfort guarantee. So experience the difference at Mattress Man, mattressmanstores.com. Buy local and sleep better. So today, uh, the Donald Trump campaign team is going to court, and it's not happened yet as I am recording this, uh, but... I'm going to go over what I can because I'm afraid that if I wait too long on the story and I've been accumulating stories over the last, you know, two weeks or so, uh, if I wait too long, uh, the content shall spoil. And you know me, I don't like spoiled content. It's one thing. It's one of the things that I live by. Uh, Anyway, if the Donald Trump campaign has evidence that the 2020 election fell victim to a communist funded plot originally conceived and created by Hugo Chavez, then a federal court is the correct venue to test and verify that evidence. That's what Ed Morrissey writes at hotair.com. I completely agree. And by the way, uh, for folks who may be uh, hearing this for the the show and, and me for the first time, I can assure you, when the left and the media, but I repeat myself, were uh, pushing the Russia collusion story for three years, I said the same thing. I said, let's have the investigation. If what they're saying is true, I want to know if it's true. And if it's not true, then I want them held accountable. Of course, one of the nice things about being a Democrat is that you are never held accountable for these kinds of lies. That's just, uh, sorry, it's just that they they don't ever suffer repercussions. How does Adam Schiff still get to lead that committee? Anyway, back to Ed Morrissey's piece here. He says, 
the court place is the correct place to uh, to test and verify this um, these allegations. In a dramatic afternoon press conference yesterday, led by Rudy Giuliani, Team Trump announced that a lawsuit is going to be filed in Georgia in a last-ditch effort to stop the state from certifying its recount. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution reports that as President-elect Joe Biden's winning tally approaches a record 80 million votes, President Donald Trump's attorneys announced uh, yesterday that their client's re-election campaign, quote, discovered a plan from a centralized place focused on big cities controlled by Democrats aimed at committing voter fraud in a number of states, including Georgia. In this press conference, Trump's personal attorney and former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani announced the campaign will file a major lawsuit alleging fraud. Another Trump attorney, Sidney Powell, alleged, quote, massive influence of communist money through Venezuela, Cuba, and likely China, and the interference with our elections here in the United States, end quote. Right. These are very serious allegations. And if this is true, like this this company, which, by the way, apparently bailed on a congressional hearing that they were uh, asked to come appear at and they said they would. And now they are not um, like this is pretty disturbing to me. This was this is pretty disturbing. First off, this idea that this company uh, has all these ties for running elections and having software for corrupt dictators in foreign countries like Venezuela and Cuba I have problems with that. I do. I'm sorry. Like I am I'm a skeptical person generally and so when you say hey we set up this company and uh we sell election software and uh yeah we can help you rig your election Mr. communist dictator. I'm not I'm not so sure I want those folks running my election. That's just me. You may have a different opinion, and maybe they have, like, you know, white hats and black hats that they wear depending on what kind of regime uh, they're trying to work for. But I have I have questions about that. I have concerns about that kind of a company running elections for various states. So, and this is the state, by the way, that Texas, or this is the company that Texas refused to, uh, uh, to work with because of all sorts of problems that they identified when they were doing its uh, their review of the company. So Sidney Powell, the lawyer for Trump, uh, does not produce any evidence, though, at the news conference. And Rudy Giuliani only references a single affidavit in support of this theory. Now, I have to say, like I, I just outlined, like I am on board. I want to hear what the uh, what this investigation or what the lawsuit alleges. I want to hear the evidence. They did not present any evidence yesterday except a single affidavit. I have been saying this now for about a week. Time is running out. You guys got to put up or shut up. Seriously, at some point, you either make your case in court where this can actually be settled or. You're just Adam Schiff, and I didn't spend three to four years ripping on Adam Schiff and uh, the, uh, you know, the the hoax that that was. I didn't, I didn't draw lines in the sand on that just to ignore them now. So no, I'm I'm holding everybody to the same standard, and I don't know how this is going to shake out. I have no inside knowledge of any of this. I'm just like you. I'm watching it from the outside. I'm reading reports trying to figure out who to believe, who not to believe. Here's Sidney Powell from yesterday at the press conference. 
Texas denied certification of the Dominion system in 2019, but there are no doubt issues with the software that Texas did use, unbeknownst to Texas, I would imagine, since they went to great trouble to examine the Dominion systems and reject them. But other software, the source code that does the alterations is embedded, we have been told, in the source code all across the country and all the voting machines. There's no doubt it has been used to alter elections in other countries. Um, we know specifically that Venezuela exported it for that purpose to Argentina and other Latin American companies to make sure that the corrupt rulers who were willing to pay the highest price for being in office were allowed to rig their elections. This is stunning, heartbreaking, infuriating, and the most unpatriotic acts I can even imagine for people in this country to have participated in in any way, shape, or form. And I want the American public to know right now that we will not be intimidated. American patriots are fed up with the corruption from the local level to the highest level of our government, and we are going to take this country back. We are not going to be intimidated. We are not going to back down. We are going to clean this mess up now. President Trump won by a landslide. We are going to prove it, and we are going to reclaim the United States of America for the people who vote for freedom. All right. That's a pretty bold claim. He won in a landslide, and we are going to prove it. That is black and white. And uh, I am waiting for that proof. I am open to be persuaded. I have not taken a position. Well, I shouldn't say that. I am By default, I generally believe that the election systems that are implemented, uh, the people that are, you know, trying to uh, do these elections or adopt these election systems in their states, that generally speaking, uh, they are not trying to create fraudulent systems. Okay, that is my that's my general default position, just because the fear of getting caught doing something like that um, would be so uh, would be so great. But what do I know? Right. It's I guess it's possible. You start selling all this software to all these different states and the software has got all sorts of flaws, uh, you know, from a security standpoint and backdoor entrances for uh, malfeasance. Then, uh, yeah, then then there are going to be problems with that. And by the way, this is an argument that the left has been making for 20 years. This is not new. The left used to be the ones who promoted this idea. Again, I don't know if it's true. I am open to be persuaded, but I am going to need some evidence. We all are going to need some evidence. So we'll see what happens, right? It'll be at some point today, and we'll be able to hash it out. Maybe this weekend, I'll be able to read through some of the evidence and uh, that is presented in court. And come Monday, uh, we'll either, you know, have a... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen here. Because, like, honestly, like, what, what are the ramifications here? <clears throat> they turn around and show us... Like the whole system is corrupt and everything about these elections has has been thrown into question. I mean, that's like that's shattering for a free society. Right. Of course, the other side of this is that none of it is true. And these folks are just lighting their reputations on fire. And they might be doing that. I don't know. They might be doing that. Maybe, you know, in service to some other goal that I'm not aware of. I don't know why. I mean, is it all in, you know, personal service to Donald Trump? 
and the idea that he's going to, you know, if he's out after this all blows up in their face uh, and he goes and does whatever next endeavor, like he buys, you know, Fox News or something, he goes to set up an alternative media company and you're going to go to work for him. Is that the play? I mean, we'll find that out, too. But right now, the first thing is put up or shut up. We're all going to have to see this evidence. Now, Ed Morrissey raises what I think is a fair question. He says, if everything Sidney Powell just said is true, then why didn't the Trump Department of Justice pick up on all that money that was moving all around? Why, right, when they're selling these systems, why didn't they or the intelligence community alert everybody to a plot to use Dominion as a Trojan horse in the election? Don't forget that the Department of Homeland Security already declared there's no evidence of any penetration that's been found, and that declaration got Chris Krebs fired by Trump this week. So now maybe it's it's the deep state. Maybe these are the bureaucrats and they did all of this and Trump's own DOJ and intelligence community, I guess like after four years, he still didn't have his people in place. They still didn't know what was going on. Maybe that's the case. I, I don't know. Here's something else to keep in mind, Ed Morrissey writes. Republicans correctly pointed out that uh, the essential truth of Russian interference was that it was a failure by the Obama administration. If Sidney Powell is correct, then this would be a massive failure by the Trump administration to protect the 2020 election by the very same logic that people were making against the Russia collusion and Russia hacking uh, allegations. Trump's campaign will have to posit the existence of a massive conspiracy that somehow eluded the Trump administration's own agencies, basically arguing Trump's incompetency as a supporting claim. Now, Jonathan Turley, uh, who is a, congr- a, a constitutional law expert guy, professor at, uh, I think, I think Georgetown um, or Harvard, but he's a uh, you know, widely respected guy, and he has actually been um, you know open to these ideas, to these allegations, and saying, like, the courts are where you need to hear this stuff out. He says, there needs to be a greater focus, though, on the evidence of alleged systemic errors or fraud. I mean, we expected the mail-in votes to be heavy for Joe Biden. Like this, the all of these votes that come in that get dumped all at one time and people are pointing to like, oh, look at all these votes and they all came in, they were all for Biden. And that in and of itself, just the dump of the absentee votes, that does not prove widespread fraud. It proves that, and, and people might not know this because they don't spend any time looking at precinct level data, but there are precincts in cities where Donald Trump or any Republican, they don't get out of the single digits in votes versus literally thousands of votes for Democrats. That is normal in some precincts in some cities, in big in bigger cities. So just because you're not aware of the precinct level data doesn't mean when you see a dump from these boxes, doesn't mean that that's automatically fraud. Now, I'm not saying it can't be fraud. I'm saying it doesn't automatically mean that it's fraud. You have to take a look at the evidence. I'm not believing people when they just say, well, I don't think Trump lost, so therefore there was fraud. That's not evidence. That's just, that's a religion. That's faith. That's what the left has been doing. They've been saying that since 2016. So, no, I'm not on board with that uh, with, with that argument. Um, I understand 
This is Turley again. I understand the need to have time to gather evidence, but time is of the essence. Certifications are going forward. Uh, This is not the time for opening arguments, uh, legally speaking, but rather evidence production. Right. That's where we are right now. We need some evidence. Okay, now, if you need some winter clothing, uh, then head on over to Old Grouch's Military Surplus in downtown Clyde. He has got military-grade thermal underwear, wool sweaters, military field jackets in solid green and in camouflage, wool and fleece toboggans, wool socks, Gore-Tex jackets. Uh, This stuff is great if you are a hunter or if you work outside or you just need some warm clothing for a lot cheaper than you'll find at most outdoor stores. So head on over to Old Grouch's Military Surplus downtown Clyde on Main Street. The shop is open Monday through Saturday, and it's across the street from the anti-aircraft gun. Open 24-7 at oldgrouch.com. Ed Morrissey concludes that the courts are the place for these kinds of uh, claims to be tested, evidence to be produced. That is, of course, assuming that Team Trump has anything to sustain these allegations. And thus far, they have come up embarrassingly empty in other venues and have been forced to retreat from fraud claims in other cases. Uh, He says today's abrupt withdrawal, this was yesterday in Michigan, underscored the unseriousness of their claims in that state. That also brings up another point. Why withdraw from any of these cases if they have this kind of evidence? I, I, I don't have the answers for these questions, by the way. I'm asking the same questions, though. I have the same uh, questions and concerns. Giuliani, by the way, and you'll probably see this, uh, a lot of people are you know, making fun of him because uh, he was sweating up there at the podium, and as he was sweating, the dye that he uses in his hair uh, started uh, running down the side of his face. So he had this big brown streak of dye coming uh, from like the, his sideburns down his jawline. Uh, just not a... Not a good look. Noah Rothman at Commentary Magazine says, if this is a coup, uh, as an excitable sort has taken to calling it, it is one of the dumbest in modern history. He says, the president himself has embraced an unsubstantiated conspiracy theory that a voting equipment supply company rigged the election against him. Anyone who says otherwise, and there are, they are numerous, is ignored or attacked. And when those voices of dissent come from within his own administration, they get fired. The president doesn't even bother to craft a cover story to justify his actions. There's no persuasive effort underway. Indeed, public persuasion seems like an afterthought. None of this is particularly intimidating. Noah Rothman says it's pitiful. What Trump is sacrificing amid these desperate efforts to cling to power is one of his best political assets. The perception that he is an effective pugilist in defense of what is his, and therefore presumably a strong advocate for his constituents, right? He's a fighter, right? That was that was only ever a matter of perception, though Trump himself has actually confessed he's more of a whiner than a fighter, but the president's goal is to remain relevant within the party, to be a kingmaker ahead of 2022, and maybe even a resurgent force in 2024. The fiasco over which he presides now only makes it easier for those Republicans who have to break from Trump and Trumpism uh, to succeed him. The Republicans mounting a hopeless last stand are sacrificing their legitimacy and honor in defense of a hill that is already overrun. 
Okay, so th- like this is this is a tactical thing. Now, obviously, Rothman is of the opinion that the allegations are not true; they're not substantiated. And to be clear, at this point, they have not been. Now, I'm not ready to chalk it all up as a wild conspiracy theory because. Uh, if they're talking about filing a lawsuit, then that makes it real. And I want to see what the evidence has. And they go into court with now, if they go into court with nothing and they get laughed out of the courtroom, then they deserve all of the chastising and ridicule that they will get. They will, but we'll see what happens. Um, he says uh, that sort of tawdry politics can wait for another day. The impropriety of it all cannot and should not be ignored. Yes, Trump voters feel like it shouldn't have gone this way. They think it doesn't make any sense. And there's too much smoke in the air for there to be no fire someplace, anywhere. But uh, those feelings are the byproduct of a deliberate misinformation campaign. Far from being menaced by this subterfuge, Trump's Democratic opponents can summon only embarrassment for the president. So that's Noah Rothman. And then uh, at Commentary Magazine, and then Kevin Williamson at National Review, Um, He followed up the Rothman piece saying that he's been writing about conspiracy theories for a while. QAnon, the Flat Earth Society, like there's actually, did you know that there's actually a Flat Earth? (laughs) It's true. They say it's, the Earth is a disk. They say it's more like a disk and that's why you can go all the way around it. And (laughs) anyway, Um, he says, one of the things that you quickly learn about conspiracy theories is that every conspiracy theory is in some way every other conspiracy or in some part every other conspiracy theory they all overlap he says either in part or entirely there are always these overlapping edges at least with all these various conspiracy theories donald trump he says has always been a conspiracy kook okay so i i I don't know if i would use the word kook i would say because i don't know enough about donald trump's views on various conspiracy theories um but uh, i would submit He's uh, he's he's sympathetic. He's open to the idea of certain conspiracies. I don't have a list, but I think that that's probably accurate. Um, Williamson goes on to list, you know, vaccines, 9-11, Obama's birth certificate. Uh, so I'm not I know about birth, the birth certificate one, but I'm not sure of the other two. Uh, he says he came into the presidency retailing a conspiracy theory. Right. Remember that in 2016, he was arguing that he had actually won the popular vote. And I had to actually correct a lot of Trump supporters after 2016 that uh, after he won and they said, you know, he got more votes than Clinton. And I would have to point out, no, he did not. He lost the popular vote. And I had people tell me that that was because of fraud, that he lost the popular vote because of fraud. And uh, good thing he won the Electoral College. uh, But he also uh, he was cheated out of the popular vote, too. Now, That's a conspiracy theory, I guess, because nobody's ever proven any of that to be true. Um, I don't know if it required a conspiracy and nobody ever made direct, that I'm aware of at least, direct allegations against anybody for engaging in some widespread fraud that would, you know, rob uh, Trump of the popular vote. I don't think it was necessary because I think everybody thought he was going to lose. So I don't think it was necessary (laughs) to, uh, to create that kind of a conspiracy. Now, that being said, do I think people on the left would, in fact, employ such a conspiracy in order to uh, to knock Trump out of office? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I'm, I'm just I'm looked at I'm looking at and guided by the uh, the evidence of the last four years. People on the left have gone completely insane. 
trying to get rid of Trump. So, yeah, I mean, what, uh, I've mentioned already the Russia story. Uh, you guys you guys took a, a, a document from a foreign agent and uh, that was probably Russian disinformation. You then washed it through our own intelligence agencies. You lied in court filings in order to get wiretaps on the Trump campaign. Uh, and then you set up operations against members of that campaign in order to entrap them based on information you knew was not correct in order to promulgate a lie that you knew was a lie and all in service of what undermining Trump and getting him out of office. So yes, do I believe that you could concoct a conspiracy like this? It's possible. Um, sure. And in today's day and age with the you know technology, yeah, you could probably do something like that. And I don't think it would require a ton of people. But again, that's all wild speculation on my part. Do I do I hold open the idea that people could do something like this? Yes, I do. The people that told me that Brett Kavanaugh was running, you know, a, a gang rape ring at a beach house in Delaware. Yeah, uh, I believe that those people would make up just about anything, <laughs> just about anything in order to get power. Um, so Donald Trump, though, according to Williamson, has always been um conspiracy theory adjacent let's say i will say that and uh he says what we are seeing now in the twilight of trump's kookery is the merger of QAnon, the republican party and the large part of the conservative movement that earns its bread by peddling miracle veggie pills to gullible elderly people on the radio this is one of the things that always strikes me about print people when they start denigrating uh radio people because of the ads that uh well i mean he says veggie pills i mean i guess it could have been uh erectile dysfunction pills that that could have been it too i guess um so the fact that you got advertising that promotes or that pays for the programming uh that we're supposed to be ashamed of the content for some reason now maybe he's talking about infowars specifically and let's be clear alex jones and infowars they i mean that that's not really a media company anymore that's a it's a supplement company that has a radio show uh, in, I mean, that's what, that's their business model. Now they're the, the money comes from the supplements. So, um, and they sell that to their audience. I don't like that business model, uh, but that's what you get by the way, when you, you start listening to different hosts and different podcasts or different radio shows, you read different newspapers, um, different websites, right? All of these, uh, all these operations are supported by advertisers now, I choose my advertisers because, uh, like, I vet them, and I choose the ones that I want to bring to you because I believe in them. That's how I've always operated. And once I advertise in one category, for example, like, for I'll just throw this out there. So I, I used to go to a, or I used to advertise, rather, for a dentist. I still go to that dentist. They don't, I don't advertise for them any longer, and I will never advertise for another dentist because, that would ruin my credibility. I still go to them because I believed in them. I still do. And when they decided, you know what, we're going to move our advertising dollars to television and we're going to take them off the radio station, then so be it. That, 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 that was their decision. That doesn't make them bad dentists. I'm not going to go out and now pitch a different dentist to you because then you should start thinking, well, hmm, if Pete is only willing to tell me about this good dentist because they're paying him, do I really trust anything he's telling me? See, so that's my standard. No, not everybody has to live by that standard. I don't require others to do so. I'm just telling you that's my standard. 
So I can tell you this. I've never endorsed, for example, any other CBD product except Grower's Hemp. I don't take any other CBD product except Grower's Hemp. Grower's Hemp Full Spectrum Hemp Extract. I take a couple drops when I go to bed and I sleep more deeply than I ever have before in my life. I have always been um, sort of a tosser and a turner, except for the like 20 minutes before the alarm goes off. That usually ends up being like the deepest sleep that I ever have <laughs> is right before the, uh, the alarm goes off. Then for some reason, I have a very hard time uh, getting out of bed. So this is the deal. Grower's Hemp, uh, and it, it, the founder of Grower's Hemp is my brother-in-law. And his uh, farm, his uh, colleague, farmer, partner is Brad. And they started this company because they're both farmers. And they were growing hemp and they saw all these companies come in and they were like taking advantage of farmers. And they said, you know what? We can do this better. Why don't we? And they did. They got, invest- they got investors to come on board and they now have created the entire process vertically integrated from the seed to the shelf. And so what it means is you get... Uh, great quality CBD products, and you get it at a way better price. Some of the prices that people charge for CBD products is outrageous. Sean and Brad will tell you that. They believe in CBD. They use it. I use it. Uh, And so what are you looking for? Better quality of life, balanced state of mind, positive mental outlook, immune system resilience, lower tension. Check out growershemp.com and uh, use the promo code Pete, and you'll get 20% off, all right? Growershemp.com. As with all CBD products, these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The efficacy of these products has not been confirmed by FDA-approved research. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Nothing I have said is meant as a substitute for or alternative to information from your healthcare provider. Please consult your healthcare professional about potential interactions or other possible complications before using any product. So growershemp.com, use the promo code Pete, 20% off from North Carolina farmers to your home. Uh, And by the way, it's not just uh, Sean and Brad. It's also all of their, like they have all these farmers that have been planting hemp and uh, they've got them involved in the business side of it as well. So it's all local North Carolina farmers. Um, So from them to you, growershemp.com. It's about the hemp and not the hype. Now, what I just told you right there, Kevin Williamson would lead you to believe is somehow wrong. The fact that I am telling you about a product that I believe in, that I use, and is good. He would say that that's wrong. That somehow or another, I'm going to tell you what you want to hear just so I can keep pushing the CBD, when actually it's the reverse, by the way. <laughs> right? It's I get the advertisers because I want to keep telling people about current events in the news. I love... This stuff, it's important. I've been doing it my entire life almost, like going back to literally like sixth grade. So uh, this is what I do. And I try to find ways so I can survive and put food on the table while doing it. And sometimes that means I tell people what they don't want to hear. And there, and look, there are a lot of hosts that don't want to do that. I understand. There's a lot of pressure uh, that comes with this business model. A business model, by the way, that... National Review operates under as well. Kevin Williamson writes this piece at National Review. He writes, and he he various places over his career, under the same kind of a model. So if you are creating content that people don't want to read or don't want to consume, nobody's going to pay to advertise because no one's going to read your stuff or consume your stuff. So who wants to reach your zero audience? <laughs> right? 
So this idea that he's somehow above it all, like, hey, I'm not selling uh, cruise ship uh, appearances. Hey, why don't you come on a cruise with me to a, to Alaska? I mean, National Review does that. That's why some of these guys on the right, they criticize um, the never Trumper crowd, uh, as they call them, uh, you know, cruise ship conservatives. Like, that's where that line comes from. Anyway, so he says, what we are seeing now is the twilight of Trump's kookery. And um, how long are we going to keep pretending that this madness is not madness? How long will we continue to pretend that what's being broadcast by Fox News and talk radio is political commentary rather than the most shameful, irresponsible, and unpatriotic kind of sycophantic for-profit propaganda? This is the problem. He just lumped everybody in together. This I find this to be unfair. I do. I find it to be unfair because I have long prided myself with a refusal to go along with whatever the, you know, the... The, the talk radio host wing of the Republican Party uh, was championing on a particular month or day or week or whatever. I never read Drudge Report. Literally never read, from what I understand now, he's gone anti-Trump. I never read Drudge because I didn't want to have my show prep dictated by somebody else. He's, you know, Drudge was for a long time sort of the assignment editor for all news talk hosts, and I never wanted to be in that position. And some people just found it easier. And yes, that means sometimes I do end up going to the same sites and find the same stories and talk about the same topics. But I know I didn't rely on someone else to tell me what those were. I made these calls myself. Anyway, um, he says the answer, or he asks a question, what exactly is the benefit for our ideas and for the country of making common cause with these lunatics and hucksters? Now, remember, Donald Trump got 70 million votes. So I'm not so sure you think you're in this majority that you think you are. Um, I also don't like the idea that you're lumping everybody like me in with the people who are like, I believe Trump won in a landslide and I have no evidence. That's not my position. My position is let's wait and see the facts. Let's hear them out. Let's hear the case. And I would submit just like I would say to Brian Stelter from CNN, that if you are unwilling to examine an issue or a story or an allegation, then you darn sure don't belong in journalism. You just don't. That's the gig, guys. That's the gig. Brian Stelter, CNN's chief media correspondent, a.k.a. The Potato, he whined that this press conference was being aired by news networks like Fox who he claimed, without evidence, did so in order to appease viewers who were turning away from the network. He tweeted out, quote, Remember all the concerns about whether the networks would air Trump's I-1 speech live? Well, Fox News, Newsmax, and OANN are, are all airing Rudy's Democrats' cheated presser live right now, full of bull. All right, so they carried the press conference live, and Brian Stelter didn't like that. Um, by the way, if uh, if if you don't like waiting around for your house to get sold, then uh, call Rowena Patton. Her phone number is 333-4483. Just real quick, jot the number down, Rowena Patton or mountainhomehunt.com. Type it into the smartphone or the computer and uh, you know put a bookmark on it. If you're thinking about selling your house, by the way, you should really consider doing it sooner rather than later just because, I mean, if you're already considering it, just 
you know, maybe advance that because it is a seller's market right now. You're going to be able to get a lot of money for uh, your house, especially if you use Rowena Patton. She gets houses sold quickly and for more money. It's what she and her team uh, do, and they outsell 99% of the realtors in North Carolina. The phone number again is 333-4043, mountainhomehunt.com, and start packing. So Brian Stelter... In this in these tweets, uh, he says this is uh, conspiracy TV. Uh, it's been airing for more than an hour on Fox News, and um, it's hard to conclude that Fox is feeling intense pressure. Uh, or sorry, it's hard not to conclude that Fox is feeling intense pressure from the right and making programming choices accordingly because they carried the news conference. Okay. Um, I'm not sure I agree with that. In fact, I know I don't agree with that. You want to carry a news conference, carry a news conference. It's the it's the president's team of lawyers that are outlying allegations of massive corruption in a election voting system. I think that's newsworthy. You may not like Trump and you say he's a liar and all this. Okay, fine. But the allegation merits examination. This is, by the way, what the left has been preaching for my entire adult life. It's the seriousness of the charge, right? This allegation needs to be investigated. Hello, Brett Kavanaugh, anybody? So Adam Housley, a former Fox News reporter who is now an independent journalist and media critic, he then goes after Brian Stelter. First, nicely. And uh, by the way, a great play-by-play on this is all at redstate.com. Sister told you, Stacey Matthews uh, uh, put it all together at Red State. And um, Housley says, Brian, rather than dismissing this, why not encourage reporters to investigate what he's presenting? He's an attorney and represents the president. And if he's lying and evidence is not true, then rip him. Dismissing it outright from the beginning without looking at any of it is bias. And Housley is exactly correct. He said, and then Stelter replies, I get this stuff all the time. Just investigate. It sounds reasonable. And that's the point. But it ignores that, one, lots of reporters have probed fraud claims. They found nothing. Number two, they found nothing of the scale the Trump team imagines. And three, Rudy threw away his credibility a long time ago. Okay, so the demand. So you get this all the time. Brian Stelter does uh, demands to investigate. And it sounds reasonable because it is, by the way, it is reasonable, even I've been presented with all sorts of conspiracy theories over the course of my career, and I have done research into them. I do. I look into them. The QAnon stuff, I don't believe any of that, by the way. None of it. Um, I got a pretty good idea based on reporting of others who did examine it and investigated it, and I've read their work. uh, And they seem to have tracked it back to a couple of people. I remember the story that was done, and it satisfied me. More, you know, from a preponderance of evidence standpoint, 51% basically of the evidence. And uh, that's not to say I know for sure. How could anybody really know for sure? But uh, no, I don't believe in its accuracy. I don't believe it's true. I believe it to be a conspiracy theory and people are making money off of uh, folks who have uh, bought into it. Absolutely. But that's what you do. You examine it. You take a look at it. You don't automatically dismiss something completely because you don't like the person who's making the allegation. Um, unless, Well, I, I take that back. Sometimes, like, if somebody starts off their theory with, you know, it's the Jews, then I'm out. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Usually that <laughs> that's a dead giveaway. Um, so 
Housley then responds, look, many in the press also threw away their credibility a long time ago, too. You cannot avoid new information because you have looked at old information. I mean, imagine a detective using that logic. Housley, again, is exactly correct. Just because you looked at these other allegations of fraud over here doesn't mean that this new allegation right here is incorrect automatically. You don't get to dismiss this new allegation because these other allegations uh, were false. Now, I agree that once you start lining up a lot of the allegations into a pattern of lies, then the person doesn't deserve the kind of credibility. I absolutely agree with you on that. But you cannot, with any kind of honest assessment, say that it's not true. Because even the blind squirrel finds the nut every now and again, right? So that does happen. So they may ha- they may have tried to get recounts and tried with affidavits and tried to stop voting or stop counting or start counting and whatever. Like they tried all these different things in all these different states and they didn't work. That doesn't mean that this allegation is automatically untrue. And Stelter then fires back that reporters already have investigated all of this for weeks. And Housley says that is categorically untrue. This evidence has just been presented. Now, I agree that some of the outlandish claims that always come from the losing side after an election can easily be investigated and dismissed. But what Giuliani and Powell are presenting is largely new. Stelter then replies with (laughs) what Stacey Matthews said. He probably thought this was his ace card. He then sends a response that is just a screenshot of the New York Times uh, above the fold front page article headline uh, that, uh, you know, no evidence uh, election officials uh, investigated themselves and found no evidence of fraud. Right. And that was supposed to be like, this is the proof. Well, election officials, we investigated ourselves and no fraud. And the New York Times put that on their front page. I mean, minus the part about investigating themselves, just that election officials say no fraud, no evidence of widespread fraud. And that was meant as a, you know, screw you, Trump is lying. Okay, so again, Stelter dismisses sworn affidavits that people have issued. This is another thing. Oh, there's no evidence. Well, people issued sworn affidavits. That is evidence. I mean, you may not like it, and the evidence might not prove out to be true, but people did issue, under penalty of perjury, sworn affidavits. That is evidence. Okay, Um, dismissing the digital allegations that have just been made that are not addressed in that article that Stelter even uh, pushed, he says, I'm not saying what they are alleging is true. I am saying it's serious enough to be investigated. And that's exactly right. It is serious. What they are saying is a very serious allegation. I'm not kidding when I say this would this would shatter the illusion of free and fair elections that we have been engaged in for I don't know how many years now. And um, that's a scary thing. That's going to be a scary thing. If this is true, this is going to be terrifying of what the repercussions might be. Housley says, I am still in shock that national reporters are attacking me for just reporting that these are new serious allegations with sworn affidavits and that it should be looked into before December 14th. What the bleep has happened to my profession? (laughs) Yeah, what the bleep indeed. I hear you, Adam. I hear you. Now, uh, officials have been raising concerns for years, actually, about security 
of U.S. voting machines and the software systems. This company, Dominion Voting Systems, um, has been used in multiple states where fraud has been alleged in this election. And Dominion Voting Systems was rejected three times by data communication experts from the Texas Secretary of State and Attorney General's Office. Why? Because they could not meet basic security standards. That's concerning. Don't know about you, but for me, that's concerning. Unlike Texas, though, other states certified the use of this system, including North Carolina. Dominion Voting Systems, a Canadian company headquartered in Denver, is one of three companies primarily based in the United States, uh, or primarily used, rather, in U.S. elections. The others are Election Systems and Software, or ESS, and the Texas-based company Heart InterCivic. Um, Dominion was implemented in North Carolina, as I mentioned. According to a Penn Wharton study called The Business of Voting, Dominion Voting Systems reached about 71 million voters in more than 1,600 jurisdictions uh, four years ago. Dominion, quote, got into trouble with several subsidiaries it used over alleged cases of fraud. One subsidiary is a company called Smartmatic. These are the two names you're going to hear, Dominion and Smartmatic. Okay? One of the other names you're going to hear is uh, Husqvarna. Uh, when I talk about general equipment rental, if you are thinking about getting uh, a new auto mower, you're finally going to say, you know what? I'm done mowing the yard. Let me buy myself a Christmas present or let me buy the, the person who does the yard mowing in the family. Uh, let me buy them this auto mower and give them back their Saturday afternoons. Uh, then go over to general equipment rental. They've got the Husqvarna auto mower 10% off while supplies last think of it as a Roomba for your yard it runs around silently day and night like me it's very stealthy and it keeps the grass evenly cut all the time it takes itself home to its little docking station just like me when it needs to recharge and you pair it up with the auto mower connect app and it maps the yard for you and then you could check in from work and see exactly where it is. So the machine even has an anti-theft technology. It's completely useless if you take it outside of the perimeter, outside the boundaries of the yard. And the GPS locator will tell you right where the thief is. General Equipment Rental has them. Get them now for 10% off while the supplies last. Get pre-qualified for 0% APR for 48 months. Go to GeneralRents.com. GeneralRents.com or go to their store. It's at the intersection of Merriman Avenue and Reams Creek Road in Weaverville. General Equipment Rental, family-owned and operated for three generations. GeneralRents.com, and think outside your toolbox. All right, so back to this story, by the way. This is from the Washington Examiner, a piece by Bethany Blankley. And uh, she says, litigation over Smartmatic glitches alleges that they impacted the 2010 and 2013 midterm elections in the Philippines, raising questions of cheating and fraud. An independent review of the source codes used in the machines found multiple problems, which included, quote, the software inventory provided by Smartmatic is inadequate, which brings into question the software credibility. Smartmatic's chairman is a member of the British House of Lords, a fellow by the name of Mark Malloch, really, Malloch? Anyway, Brown, uh, Mark Malloch Brown, a former vice chairman of George Soros' investment funds, 
former vice president at the World Bank and lead international partner at Sawyer Miller, a political consulting firm and former vice chair of the World Economic Forum, who, quote, remains deeply involved in international affairs. The company's reported globalist ties have caused members of the media and government officials to raise questions about its involvement in the U.S. electoral process. Now, uh, later on in the article, she says in January, election integrity activists expressed concern about what is known as a supply chain security, the tampering of election equipment during manufacturing, according to the Associated Press. Quote, a document submitted to North Carolina elections officials by ES&S last year shows, for example, that it has manufacturing operations in the Philippines. And all three companies that I mentioned, uh, Dominion, ESNS, and Hart InterCivic, all three of these companies have faced criticism over a lack of transparency and reluctance to open up their proprietary systems to outside testing. That, again, is from the AP. And in 2019, the AP found that these companies, quote, had long skimped on security in favor of convenience and operated under a shroud of financial and operational secrecy despite their critical role in elections. Last December, a group of Democratic politicians sent a letter to leaders of the private equity firms that own the major election system vendors. Democrats asked them to disclose information including ownership, finances, and research investments. The voting machine lobby, led by the biggest company, ES&S, which is in North Carolina, they believe they are above the law, said Senator Ron Wyden, Democrat from Oregon, a member of the Intelligence Committee and a co-signer of this letter. Quote, they have not had anybody hold them accountable even on the most basic matters. So now all of a sudden we're supposed to believe that all of these concerns, what, were addressed? That you guys wrote this letter and they totally cleaned up their act? The AP also surveyed the election software being used by all 50 states and the District of Columbia and the territories. Roughly 10,000 election jurisdictions nationwide were using Windows 7 or an even older operating system in order to create ballots and to program voting machines and to tally votes and report counts. Windows 7 reached its operational life in January. In other, what does that mean? Well, it means that on January 14th, Microsoft stopped providing technical support and producing patches to fix software vulnerabilities, which makes Windows 7 easy to hack unless U.S. jurisdictions paid a fee to receive security updates through 2023. Don't know if any of these states have done so. How many do you think actually put that in their budget to pay for these security updates? <laughs> They're using Windows 7, people. According to its assessment, multiple states were affected by the end of Windows 7 support, including Arizona, Florida, Georgia, Iowa, Indiana, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and North Carolina. Does that list sound familiar? Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. 
This is just what Democrats have been telling us for years, that these machines are not to be trusted, that they are hackable, and that in 2016, it was the Russians that did the hacking. Um, But we're supposed to believe that, I guess, they just stopped this time. By the way, if Russia was trying to influence our election this time around, do you think that they would hack the vote? This is, I guess, a question for Democrats who, you know, two-thirds of Democrats, by the way, you know, still believe that Russia hacked our election and switched enough votes to make Donald Trump the winner because they wanted Trump to win because they were so terrified of Hillary Clinton. Okay, so uh, did the Russians stop? Is Did they stop? Are they not doing it now? Were they unsuccessful this time around? Uh, or... Think about it from a Russian chaos creation standpoint. Uh, who would you put the votes to this time if you were doing it this time? I mean, I'm just running down the Democrats' own logic here, right? If the idea was that they were so afraid of um, of Hillary Clinton, they wanted their pal Trump to win, does that still hold true now? Or if you think they're trying to create chaos and they saw Trump as the chaos candidate, then maybe they would want Trump to lose because the chaos candidate might not go willingly, right? And it would foster all of these narratives about coups and, you know, dragging Trump out of the White House and all this, right? I'm just spitballing here. As long as you guys are entertaining these ideas for the last four years, like, why should you have all the fun? Why is it only Democrats get to, you know, fantasize uh, and write fan fiction about all of, uh, you know, what their guys uh, are, how they're wronged and how bad the other guys are and all the conspiracies that are keeping you out of power? Like, why does that only uh, why is that a playground that only you get to inhabit? Why can't folks on the right inhabit it as well? And I guess that's kind of where we all are right now. It's a sad state of affairs, but we shall see what happens in the court case, right? That's a wrap for this episode. Remember, subscribe to the podcast. Give it a review as well. I appreciate that. And think about becoming a patron to the program. You'll get exclusive content and some uh, some cool stuff, too. Uh, a gift is actually on its way out the door soon. Thanks so much for the support. I appreciate it. Uh, and uh, we'll talk with you later. Now, don't break anything while I'm gone.